Welcome to another episode of Bull Take Scouting Podcast. And today we have an uh, offensive lineman from Buffalo, Coyote Awasika, um, joining us. And he was a three-year starter at Buffalo, two-year captain, and was named first-team All-Mac in, in 2020. And uh, Football Writers Association of America had him as a second-team All-American. So would you like to introduce yourself, introduce yourself a little more, Coyote? Uh, hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, like you said, two-time captain, University of Buffalo proud. And, uh, yeah, excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for uh, coming on. Um, we'll just hop right into uh, the interview. So the first question, when did you start playing football? And, you know, what was the, the time or when did you, like, fall in love with the game? So I started playing football unofficially in second grade. Uh, tried out flag for a day, um, ran somebody over, and they were, and then I, they were like, you can't be doing stuff like that. And I was like, all right, I'll come back in third grade when there's contact. And so then I came back for third grade football, and then on I played some offensive line, linebacker, running back, fullback, just all the positions. I just fell in love with the game straight on then and been playing it here on out. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great story going and seeing second graders, and then you see one one huge, huge guy that's bigger than the rest and see one of them just run over the rest of them. Uh, you know, I just try to picture that visual in my head. Um, yeah. Do you have do you have a favorite memory from your college career? Uh, favorite memory from my college career would be like um, the first MAC championship we went to in 2018. Um, I remember being in the locker room on Detroit uh, Ford Field, and we were just extremely excited. You know, it was a great team. We'd worked really hard to get there, and going out to that game with you know the second MAC championship there was COVID, so things were kind of affected. But the first one, like there was fire gone. There was fans, there was everything. And that, that that moment was truly special to me just because we worked so hard to get there. And, you know, my brother was the offensive line. We were going out with, like, the linebackers, and we were jumping through the hallways, and it was felt like we were flying, ready to go out there. And so it was really cool. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. Now, just getting back to the, the whole recruiting process to, to even get to Buffalo, uh, you were at USA Today, uh, all, all in Minnesota, first team, but because Minnesota is really not a hotbed of recruiting, you were a two-star recruit and ranked, I think, like 2,194th in the country by 24-7 sports. And I mean, clearly with how far you've come, that you, that was not an accurate rating whatsoever, but how did that make it more difficult to navigate the the process and and why do you choose Buffalo and how do you feel like that reflects how far you've come? And do, like, do you still take out motivation from that uh, low ranking as you head to now the NFL? I definitely take motivation from it. Uh, I've had doubters my whole life in my athletic career. Um, so you just take the motivation, you take the adversity of situations. If, uh, you know, some bigger schools are saying, you're not this, you're not that. Uh, we don't think that you could do this or do that. It's just motivation to prove them that I can do that. And that's what I've been working towards since sophomore year of high school um, when I really started taking football even serious. It was not just a game I loved, it was a game I wanted to play. It was a dream I wanted to follow. And so, um, yeah, definitely motivates me every day. Um, originally, I was going to go to Iowa State and Iowa State offer, and then the head coach got fired. Um, and then another coach came in from a different school. And so I had kind of a scramble, ended up not playing basketball senior, focused on the recruiting process. And my whole uh, University of Buffalo staff came from Whitewater, Wisconsin. And they had heard about me because they're right next to Minnesota, watched my tape. They really liked it. They came out and saw me and my, my family just really trusted them. I really trusted them. We fell in love with the place when we took an official there. And uh, we decided that was the right move. So you said your uh, your coaching staff was from Whitewater, Wisconsin. So those those guys must have an eye for, you know, offensive linemen that are a little bit under the radar because, you know, 
we got uh, Quinn Miners who played at Whitewater, Wisconsin. So, you know, they must have some some talent looking at guys that, you know, maybe aren't the top recruits, but really seeing the underlying talent in those guys. I mean, I'd say that's fair. You know, coming out of Buffalo, you got guys like Damone Harris. You got guys like A.J. Osborne, who eventually went to Miami, but still Tyree Jackson, Anthony Johnson, um, myself, Jared Patterson, both two starred like, that they do a good job in their recruiting, and uh, they had a lot of success at Whitewater, Wisconsin, and they're still moving up in the ranks, too. Yeah, and just moving on to our next question, um, like you retroed in 2016 and then appeared in five games as a backup offensive tackle in 2017, but then after that, you, you've been a three-year starter in 2018, 2019, and 2020, um, and you had two seasons at uh, right tackle, and your second season there, you were uh, 2019. Uh, all max second team. Then this year you moved to left tackle in the shortened season due to the coronavirus, and you were a uh, first team all Mac at that position. So how do you feel like that experience and that versatility, having played multiple seasons at right tackle and then an elite season at left tackle? How do you feel like that allows you to elevate your NFL draft profile as you approach uh, the event in April? Um, it definitely elevates. You know, it adds versatility to the teams. Uh, that's how I think I'm valuable. You know, I can fit into multiple schemes and multiple positions. And when you can do that, uh, I think I think teams like that, and I think that you can help an organization that way. I'm not limited in any sense. And so, uh, yeah, playing right tackle, you know, for starting for two years, really playing it for four years because I had that those seasons. I was still practicing, still getting better every day, and then switching over to left after that season. Something that I worked on really hard because I wanted to get it down. And, you know, prove I can play that side and show the versatility. And so uh, there's definitely benefits, you know, technique-wise, you learn what you like to do better at one side than the other. Um, you learn, you know, things that you favor and like right-hand dominance versus left-hand dominance, right side to left side. If you're doing outside zone and, you know, doing a technique called TOB, which is throwing somebody out on the front side of outside zone. Um, with my right hand on the inside of left tackle, I can do that a lot stronger than with my right side. And so I had to work on using my offhand, stuff like that, just technique being technical with it, um, learning that so that when I go, if I go back to play right, I'll be better because I played left and vice versa. And so even moving into guard, doing the same things, working on those, playing left and right, you know, uh, it definitely helps me and I'm definitely prepared to do all of it. Yeah, and so you mentioned that last piece about potentially moving to guard because it seems almost like, uh, I want to say a consensus in the in the scouting community that your best uh, NFL projection is by moving inside to guard. So how do you assess all, all of that chatter about the potential move and where do you think your best fit is? Uh, I think that they definitely saw my run, run blocking like you guys are talking about, and they're like, oh, we got to move this guy inside because we can dominate at run blocking. And uh, we question, you know, his knee bend at left tackle and question, like, his technique and his vertical pass sets. But the thing is that when I moved to left tackle, you know, I did that for a year in a shortened season, only got two weeks of spring ball, not a lot of time to prepare, but I was still working on it very hard. But I'm, I had a lot of comfortability at right tackle. And so a lot of those lower body technique flaws you see at left, I don't have it right. And they've gotten better because I played a whole season at left, and that's why I wanted to do it. And so uh, at Pro Day, like, I'm going to be showing off some of my right tackle vertical setting deep setting, angle setting, because even at our university, our, our offensive line coach, she does a lot of short setting and jump sets, which you can see on my film. And so I want to show the, the ability to be able to play tackle um, to make sure that they're still seeing that versatility of, oh, yeah, he can do that uh, when they see me in person. Um, but, yeah, moving inside to guard, uh, I was working with an offensive line coach in Florida. His name's Josh Sutton. He played with the Packers, and then he moved to the Bears and the Dolphins, and he transitioned from tackle to guard. And so it was like a perfect match working with him for the 10 weeks that I was there. 
um, because now putting my hand in the ground, three point, moving left to right out of it, pass setting out of it, deep pass setting out of it, we all work, we fix all that. And so I'm very comfortable now because I didn't do any three point in, uh, in college that much, unless there was a tight end attached and it was closed. So, um, yeah, really worked on that. And, you know, I'm prepared to play uh, whatever teams want me to play. Yeah, versatility, versatility is really, you know, a huge, a huge asset to have. Because like you said, you played um, right tackle, you moved over to left tackle, and now you've been really practicing to play all three positions, like you said, working with um, Josh Sutton uh, to maybe move into guard. You know, it's just a huge advantage to have over someone else that maybe, you know, played left tackle their whole career. You can show you played right tackle, you played left tackle, and now you're showing that, you know, you can also probably play guard at the next level too. So that's just really huge, a huge advantage that you have um, over a lot of other offensive linemen. Yeah, for sure. And it, it, going back to what you said about your run blocking, I'm, for anyone who wants to, to turn on your tape, on you can easily find that on YouTube. Just search up like Buffalo offense versus 2020. But the first thing you're going to see is just the, that run blocking, like you said, the size, the power, the, the grip strength, the, the mean streak with how you finish blocks. So you'll block through the whistle, send a dude to the ground. Like I – I think you're, you're really an elite run blocker, and that has totally been reflected in the, the team's success at, at rushing because we know, we know Jarrett Patterson's a really successful running back. He had that crazy uh, game against Kent State where he, he went for 400-something uh, yards and eight touchdowns. So just how, how does it feel when you see that your personal skill set and your strengths get reflected in, in the team's success in that way. You guys were second in the nation in rushing in, in 2020. So, and just bring us a little through that, that experience in the Kent State game and just knowing how, how much you're helping to lift that rushing attack and ha seeing how successful it became. Um, you know, it's a great feeling as an offensive line when uh, your rushing attack is doing well. Um, honestly, during taking it back to Kent State game, you know, as an offensive line, we weren't aware of like the records or anything like our running back. Our whole, I don't think any of us were aware besides the announcers because they kind of say it. But, um, you know, it's, it's me. It's also the offensive line. It's the preparation we put in, um, watching the film, watching the defenses, watching the flash, what they gave, which was double ETs with a nose drop and stuff and preparing for that so that we could succeed. So Jared had like his, his first carry, we went for 60 yards straight off of just preparation. And so, you know, when, when your running backs are doing well and you're an offensive lineman, you know, you don't get statistics, you don't get a lot of looks, you get uh, people that hype up your pancakes when you, you know, you drive somebody to the ground, but um, it's really their success is our success. And we take that, uh, that's our mantra. So, you know, we, we're always pushing to have our running backs be successful and it's nice to have a good rushing attack. When did the team find? When did the team find out about uh, some of the records he broke at? Like, was it like right after the game? I just want to hear a little bit about the, the team reaction with, with that, all those uh, crazy statistics he he piled up with the the help of you and the rest of the offensive line that game. Yeah, most people found out after the game. Our guy John Fuller came in and gave the announcement, and there were some rumors going on about it. But guys that were like really locked in the game, you know, you know, it was an important game for us, so we weren't paying much attention. We were really focused on getting that one. Yeah, and you mentioned, um, you know, pancakes are really the only stat that uh, offensive linemen really get. But, I mean, you have a lot of pancakes, and you really seem to have a mean streak uh, when when you watch your film. Do you, do you take a lot of pride in that? Um, you know, I mean, you know, what do you, what do you have to say about, you know, your mean streak and just running people over? Yeah, I take a lot of pride in it. Uh, as an offensive line, we took a lot of pride in it as well with our offensive line coach and our team in general. It's like pancakes to me, it's like it's really – it's effort. It's working harder and longer than the opponent. It's not just saying that was good enough and stopping. It's driving all the way through until you can't anymore or until someone makes you stop. So you hear a whistle. And so 
uh, taking a lot of pride in that is something I did, especially this year, something that I really wanted to show that, you know, I can be a dominant run blocker. And I think I did that. Yeah. And so when you, when you assess yourself as a player, we've, we've gone over uh, run blocking, but just beyond the, those traits that, that we've talked about right here, what are, what are some of your other strengths that you could really bring to, to an NFL roster? Uh, I think technicality. A lot of guys, you know, they comment on my technique and uh, I teach a lot of young guys the technique and stuff like that. Um, hand play, um, things in the run blocking. You know, run blocking isn't only, it's a lot of power, but it isn't only power. There's some finesse that goes in there, the leverage, uh, the hand placement, uh, torquing ability, stuff like that, um, just to make your blocks more powerful and, you know, use the defender's momentum against them in certain situations. So, um, yeah, for sure. And then, you know, we've been talking about all your strengths, but, you know, what are what are some some things that you want to improve on uh, as you make your way into the NFL? Um, that was definitely, you know, making sure I'm prepped for guard. Like I was working with Josh Sutton, so putting my hand in the ground and then vertical pass setting at left. You know, I'm still working at left side because you can always get better at everything, always, you know, clean up your technique. So really having him just work with me on deep pass setting, um, straight vertical setting because we didn't do a lot of that at the University of Buffalo and, on right and left end, same thing at guard if there's a four high or a wide five that's coming inside. So really just working on setting straight back um, out of a three point and out of a two is something I've been working on a lot. Yeah, in, in talking to teams, did, did these teams really tell you where they would uh, play you if, if, they, if you were to be on their team, like what they think your best position is? Because I'm just curious to hear given that it seems to us in the in scouting circles, people really view you as a guard in the NFL. So I'm just wondering if teams have actually specified what, how they how they want to use you on the offensive line. Uh, not every team has specified. Some teams they've mentioned like, yeah, you'd be, you'd be good inside. And some teams have said, yeah, we, we think you can play that right tackle and be a swing tackle for us and also have benefit out guard in case you needed to. So um, I've heard both. Yeah, and so as you said, you just got to prepare for everything. Exactly. Yeah, so, you know, moving on to some more questions about, you know, talking to NFL teams. Um, when when was the first time that you really heard that you were being considered as a draft prospect? Um, that would be the – I mean, me, myself, you know, I always thought of myself as a draft prospect just because it's my dream working towards it since I was a kid. But when something – the the National Scouting Services and Blesto Scouting Services came out this summer – and then agents started contacting me, telling me, hey, you got this grade, you got this grade on either site. It's a, it's a good grade to have. And so you're going to get a lot of attention this senior year. Make sure you're prepping for it. That was an additional, like, motivation boost. You know, I was attacking it the same way. Um, but having guys reach out saying that, you you know, your film of last year showed this and this and you could fit in these schemes and start really breaking it down and analyzing me. Um, that, that, was, that was momentum as well to going into the season. Um, that really helped, even though we're going through adversity, COVID, going through the season, everything else to turn back on. Like, um, really, it was somebody saying, like, yeah, you're an NFL draft prospect, and you can you can really take this as long as you want to go to and play for years in the league. So um, that, that was the first time. After, yeah, after years of hard work and just knowing this was your dream and from you were the time you were a kid and just working towards it, like, how did it feel to get that that validation from the league confirming your, your belief in yourself that, look, you, this, you're, you're succeeding at what you're doing. You're going to be headed to the NFL if you keep prepping, keep putting in the hard work. So how, just how did that feel actually hearing that from NFL sources? I mean, the way I take it is it feels good for like probably a second and a half and then it goes away. You really got to put that away and know that, you know, there's always other players out there. Nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is for certain. 
and you got to improve every day. That's why, like, my, my Instagram and Twitter tag is uh, always improving one because you need to improve in everything you do every single day in order to get better because there's always another person competing for the same exact spot. There's always someone who looks just like you and can do the same things as you that you need to outwork. And so uh, you really just shrug that off after a little bit of happiness and keep working back towards your goal. Yeah, I really love that mindset of, you know, you can be satisfied with where you are, but you're you're never where you eventually want to be. And I think, you know, that's that's kind of a mindset that you can take to anywhere, not just football. Um, I think it's a great lesson for everyone to say, okay, be happy with where you are right now, but you can always get better and you, you can't stop working. You always have to, you know, keep pushing, keep doing everything you can to get better because, like you said, there will always be people that are right exactly where you are, that are exactly the same as you, and it basically comes down to who's going to work harder, who's going to put in more work. But just talking about draft night, because I, I know I love this whole mentality of just knowing you've you've never arrived and just wanting to keep working harder. And that's obviously not at all going to change. Everything keeps in, uh, like kicks into high gear once you hit the NFL. But draft night's got to be a special night, though, right? Like you just it, it is really a, a milestone in, in your career. So just how are you going to go through that night and just bring us through what your plans are right now and how you expect to feel when you, when you hear your name called and get, and get that call from, from the, from the league, which you certainly are projected to. Honestly, I haven't been focused on it much. I'm a person who really attacks the next thing that I have with full force and full mind of thinking about it. So for me right now, that's pro day on Thursday. So all my attention's on that. I, I, you couldn't ask me what I'm doing on Friday. I have no idea. Um, I see yeah. yeah, I assume that I'll be with my family. I assume that I'll be really, really ecstatic to go work with the NFL team. And then I assume that I'll create a new dream because I accomplished one and the next one will be playing starting in the NFL. And so that, that's not going to change uh, any type of my work ethic or any type of thing because uh, there's going to be a next dream and next goal immediately after that. Yeah, so bring us through that that prep you're going through right now. You said you're fully focused on on your pro day, so and you you just got back home from uh, Exos uh, in 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 uh, Florida, I think you said. So how how is that going right now with with knowing your pro day is right around the corner and just how, yeah, how's the how's the prep going in, the, in these last few days before the the pro day on Thursday? Oh, it's going extremely well. Exos did a great job with preparing you um, mentally and physically for uh, the pro day. Um, you know, we didn't get a combine, but this is basically a combine at everybody's college. And so we're ready for, I'm ready for pretty much anything. Uh, I'm excited to go out there and perform. I uh, put a lot of work into this the last 10 weeks and I'm confident in my abilities. I'm confident in uh, the coaches that gave me this confidence to be confident in my abilities. And I, I'm just ready to go and show what I can do. And there certainly will be a contingent of NFL scouts on, on hand with between you, Jarrett Patterson, Malcolm Koontz. Like it's, it, it speaks to, what the uh, University of Buffalo has done in, in football in these, in these past few years and just get, getting a, a pipeline established to, to the NFL. So that's that's certainly exciting to get back on and at, at a school facility, I'm sure, right? Yeah, for sure. And yeah, the University of Buffalo, we've done a great job. We really, you know, my first year at Redshirt here, we were a two and 10 program. And uh, we all got together, my class specifically, and knew that we were gonna change this program. We we're gonna put in the work every day, day in, day out. And we weren't going to let our program fall back to that. And we've been on the rise ever since. And so I'm fully confident in the legacy that we left there for the younger guys that are come on the come up to continue that legacy. And we're just really proud of uh, what we've been able to accomplish at that university. Yeah, and Costa mentioned, um, you know, the, the depth of guys that you, you know, have at Buffalo that are going to be headed to the NFL. Maybe give us, you know, a quick, you know, one, two sentences about a guy like Jared Patterson and Malcolm Koontz, who you probably hit the block uh, every day in practice. 
Yeah, Malcolm, he's a great player. Uh, had the block for Derek, blocked against Malcolm, and uh, you know, he has really long arms, really great bending ability, and he's a lot smarter than people uh, think, give him credit for. Um, you know, he's, he's very good at chaining together his moves uh, series after series or play after play, snap after snap. Really uh, just playing on your habits. You know, he prepares very well. Um, you can tell because he prepares like against me, the same way I prepare against him. And then I know he does the same thing in games because it shows. And so, yeah, he's a great player. And Jared Patterson, we all know he's a great running back, um, great lower center of gravity, great physicality. And, you know, he has a sudden burst after breaking some tackles to go and get that touchdown. So he, he's a great running back, and I'm excited for both of them. It certainly would be cool if, if, if one day in the near future, in the next few years, you're, you're blocking Malcolm in, in the NF, in an NFL game. Now that that would certainly be awesome. Yeah, that would be that would be that'd be pretty cool. Who who do you think would win? You know, one on one matchup between you and Malcolm. Uh, I'm gonna say Malcolm's a great player, but uh, I'm gonna say me, of course. I'm, I'm of course. Say me, but you know, we really compete every single day in practice. Uh, go back and forth, and you know, got each other better. Him with me and him and Taylor Riggins, because he's another defensive end who's uh, going through a sixth year. But um, we really, you know, if I want to rep, we talk about it and why. And if he want to rep, we talk about it and why. And we just got each other better off of just that. Me at right going to left, he was huge for me transitioning to left because when I got over to that left side, he started beating me consistently. And I was like, what the, like, this is different. I had to figure out and change and, you know, get better technique and get more foundation uh, in my base and change up my hands and stuff like that and just make everything better. And that's because of him. He honestly got me prepped to do that so that when it came to games, it was easier. You know, he's an NFL draft prospect and not every person I played against was an NFL draft prospect. So it was awesome to have him uh, on my team and to help me get better every day. And that's certainly what goes into this whole turnaround that you've described with, with Buffalo from when you were a redshirt and the team wasn't doing too hot to now. Uh, going to back-to-back MAC championship games and really be re- and ready to pump out some NFL draft uh, talent. Just just to hear that you guys would really break down every rep, who won it, why, how can we improve from this? That's certainly what what comes into you guys being ready to go to the NFL and and being high-level players like you are. And maybe Alex can get into a couple of these questions we have at, at the end to kind of wrap up the the show. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think the first question that I, I really find interesting to ask, uh, you know, draft prospects, collegiate players, who's the best player or who are a few of the best players that you've had to go up against um, in your collegiate career? So obviously I can't, I can't say Malcolm because I haven't played him in a game, but I would say Max Crosby. He's with the Raiders. He played for Eastern Michigan. He was, he was a really good player, you know, very, very good pass rusher, but also very good in the run game and run support, very technical long athlete so yeah he was a good player and then they probably say Sutton Smith played him in the championship of that 2018 season as well uh ended up I think he went fifth round to the Steelers if I'm correct and uh yeah he was very very fast uh, I think he played running back in his career before he switched over to edge so yeah very fast guy very twitchy um utilized him very very well and I did so yeah those two yeah and just for for a more inspirational uh question what what would you say is the the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten either from a teammate or or a coach that really changed how you how you attack getting better every day uh i'd say my offensive line coach you know we harp on um if something happened well move on if something happened that was not good move on so either way move on to the next step prepared to do this either the same thing or do something better than you just did and so I think that ties into getting better every single day because you're getting better every single snap. You're not letting, oh, I just got a pancake. 
and then the next play you, you give up a sack. No, you got a pancake, and then you play consistent and good here on out until you get your next pancake, and you just move on every single snap, and you don't let bad plays get to you. You don't let it affect you. Um, something happens where somebody jumps outside, and you know we're all saying it's it, right in, right away in the huddle. We're all saying, "Hey, next play. It's 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 over. It's done with. It's in the past." Bring your A game to the next one because we need that next play, and there's always going to be a next play. Yeah, I think that's really you know great advice of not letting you know either extreme get to your head. You know, you do something great, you don't want to relish that moment too long because you'll let the next you know three four plays pass you by, and then you know it's the same if you do something, you know, like you said, go off sides, maybe miss a block. You don't let that get to your head either. You say, okay, it's in the past, got to move on to the next play. And, um, I think that's something you can really bring into, you know, outside of football, you know, anything, any, any phase of life, that's a great mentality to have of not letting, you know, anything, anytime you made a mistake, not letting that get to you and, you know, not letting a success um, stay in your head too long and make you get, you know, too cocky or anything like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So thank you for, for coming on. And I mean, definitely good luck at, at your pro day. We'll be, looking at those results and evaluating all that as, as all the NFL teams will. And we're obviously rooting for you. It's so clear that not only on tape, but just meeting you now that you've got everything and going your way, you're wired the right way. And I really do admire how, how you attack each and every day to get better. And, and that whole mentality of yours, which you see on tape too, and in, in your performance. So and best of luck in the future. And thank you for coming on. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Not a problem. And uh, thanks for taking the time to have me. Yeah, of course. And um, thanks, everyone, uh, for tuning in and watching. Um, and, you know, uh, we'll be back actually Monday. So tomorrow with our normally scheduled uh, podcast. So thanks for watching. Thanks for coming on, Coyote. Uh, we wish you the best of luck in your uh, the rest of your pre-draft process. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it.